We're back. Hi. We're back. <laughs> We're back. With a bit of hesitation. Maybe possessed. I don't know. But let's start out this episode of Two Girls, One Ghost with just some protective sayings and lines oh. that I got from the TGOG coven on Discord. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you to everybody in that specific group. Only those who come from love and light are allowed in our space. You are not welcome here. And then, I am safe. I am divinely protected. I am able to withstand all storms. I trust that I am secure. I am protected by the universe. So it is. Sabrina is safe. Sabrina is divinely protected. Sabrina is able to withstand all storms. I trust that Sabrina is secure and Sabrina is protected by the universe. So it is. So it is. So it is. So we are. So we've been tempting fate a little bit too much. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't listened five years later to our past two episodes, regular and encounters. So so bright. Sorry. That's okay. You may have missed the fact that we um, terrified ourselves and we are now trying to be a little bit safer and protect ourselves when having these conversations around the spooky time of year that is October and uh, when discussing the topics such as demons. For that mm -hmm. sake, this encounters episode is more witchcraft themed a little bit witchy, so uh -huh. we get a good break. We're still going to do the rest of our episodes with some little protective sayings yep. because I think we need that. Yes. <laughs> but we get a little bit of a reprieve. A little bit, but Although, both of my emails, subject lines, do have the word demon in them, so. Okay. I was going to say I went I went dark, too. Oh, God. Which is, I was searching and I was like, helpful witches, witchcraft, love spells. And then I was like, mm. I love doing those, but I we do those all year round, so maybe I'll go dark too. Well, so, this is who we are. We we just set our here we are spaces again. with positive intentions, and I think that will help us yep. with this episode. Would you like to go first? Sure. Let me preface this by saying you and I, Sabrina, are big supporters of witchiness and witchcraft, yeah. and we look to a lot of the people in our coven and, and other practitioners for advice and help. And so none of what I'm about to say accurately represents how Sabrina and I feel about people who practice witchcraft. I think it's one of those things where, like anything, people can misuse different yeah. practices and people can be really great and helpful at it. But I decided to choose stories that talk about witches, but once you hear the stories, you might not actually think that these people are human practitioners of oh. witchcraft, but perhaps something else kind of cloaked or or labeled as a witch okay but still well now i'm so great. i'm curious okay. i like don't even know what to think about uh, i know it's so good but i mean obviously i went searching in the inbox for mexico because mexico is like yes. one of the most haunted countries in my opinion so i pulled two stories from mexico okay. or from people of mexican descent okay this is called Owl Witch. Okay. Hey, y'all. I wanted to share the story of when I was a newborn. Some background info on a Hispanic lore called Lechuza, which we've covered and spoken about. It is believed, mainly in Mexico, that there are certain witches that use dark magic to shapeshift into owls, and in Spanish, a Lechuza is an owl. Now, keep in mind, I was a newborn, so the story that I'm going to tell you was told from multiple family members that were there and saw everything. Oh, my gosh. I was born in June of 2002. We were born in a whole different century. That's so wild. Person. It's like <laughs> nine so years crazy. after we were born. <laughs> I was born in June of 2002. And when I was released from the hospital, my family were having some sort of get together at our house at the time. 
When I was finally brought home for the first time, I was in my mother's arms when a large flying bird came down and tried to attack my mother. Oh my gosh. Luckily, my father was next to her and was able to get the bird away and it flew to the porch of the house where it hung upside down looking down at my family. What? Everybody there all swears to their life that the owl was laughing (gasps) at them and it appeared to have the face of a woman. It was just there looking at my family for a good three to five minutes when one of my uncles tried to capture a photo with one of those old Kodak cameras. But when he took the photo, the owl flew away. When the photo was developed, it was all black with nothing on it. Now you could say my uncle didn't take it right or that the camera malfunctioned, But the day after the incident, the camera and the photo were gone, nowhere to be found. No. It was as if somebody took them from the house. This all happened in the middle of a big city during daylight. And to this day, my family says that this lechuza was trying to take me. Over the years in that house, we would experience a lot of paranormal activity going on. We've seen a lady in a white dress. We've had crows come in bunches at night just on the roof and a couple other things as well. It's been a while since we've lived there, and we're told that the current owners have been experiencing things as well. To me, something definitely is in that house or maybe a part of the land, but I'm glad we're not there anymore to find out from Pedro. Well, first of all- He was almost abducted by Lechuza. First of all, what the heck? Second of all, so glad Pedro right? is safe. But what? I am I know we've talked about Lechuza well, before on the podcast, and- I apologize if we're not supposed to say the name multiple times because I do feel like that is something, you know, sometimes talking about the entities give them more power. So we'll say the owl lady. So I don't know if, I don't remember all the history about this entity and like if it needs to be summoned, if it's out there searching for children, I don't know, but it just, it feels so targeted. And I guess I always, in my mind, I'm like, why? And is it just because the house is haunted? Did something happen at the house before Pedro and his family lived there? Or yeah, why? Like, I just, right. I just want to understand. Yeah. Was this reasons. an orphanage or something? Was this like a beacon for stealing young kids or whatever? It is. It's odd though, because I mean, Pedro was like, oh, maybe it's the land. And I can understand that. But I think when I hear that, I think, oh, okay, like this must have happened on this expansive farmland or this desolate location where there's not many people or like there's a lot of trees and and whatnot around to protect this entity, I guess. And like remain hidden. But that's not the case. This was in the middle of a city. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming the city is like many other cities where there's not a lot of space. There's not a lot of greenery. There's not a lot of privacy. And so the fact that this thing was just like outwardly there in the middle of the daylight with all of these other humans around, like there was a party. Yeah. Major's family was having a party. It kind of reminds me of the Mananangal, which we talked about in the most recent cryptids mm-hmm. episode, just like swooping down, trying to abduct children and then like laughing at them. Oh, it's just so unsettling. <sighs> it is. It is. I can't imagine being in that position where you're like, holy crap, there's this wild animal trying to get my baby. It goes away. You start hearing it laugh and you're like, that's a really weird call that this creature is making, this owl is making. And then looking at it and seeing a human face. That is – It's like – That's the line in the sand that is drawn by me. And then the continuing experiences of like taking the photo, it's pitch black. Then the photo and the camera just disappearing. Like it's just as – this continuous chain of events that I am uh, unsettled by and do not like. Yes. And to your point, so like the camera disappeared, which makes me curious. So like the point of this entity, this owl lady, mm-hmm. is is that it shapeshifts. So it's believed that it's a witch that 
shapeshifts into this owl with a human face and tries to abduct children and like torments families. But that means that she appears as a human being often. Mm -hmm. She's not always appearing in the shape of an owl. So who is this person? You said yourself, Sabrina, it feels targeted. And then the camera disappeared. So is this a neighbor? Is it someone they know? Is this (gasps) someone who maybe is like married into the family? Like who was missing from that party that later on showed up to the house again? And (gasps) who who came late? Also, just the idea of like being a mother, like a a newborn, you just gave birth to a child, you're holding your baby, excited to bring your baby home. And all of a sudden, a giant owl bird tries to swoop down and steal it. It's just not not for me. I know. What a start to Pedro's life, man. (sighs) Glad you're with us Yeah, emailing us. Yes. Jeez, that's scary. And if there are more stories from that house, we'd love to hear them. I am glad that you no longer live there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Sabrina. What's your witchy, <laughs> witchy tale? This is from our listener, Sugiolite. And I apologize if I pronounced that incorrectly. Yeah, everyone feel free to give us pronunciations yeah, in the email that you send us, pronouns, yes. everything that would be helpful for us in these moments. Yes. Because we want to make sure we say your name correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is called I Summoned a Demon. Hi, my name is Sugalite and I am 25 years old and this is my story. Growing up, I had a really unpleasant life. My father left when I was a small child, so it was always my mother and I. My mother was a narcissist, abusive mentally, emotionally, and physically. However, she was all I knew, so it didn't really dawn on me that my life wasn't normal. She claimed to be in pain all the time from various issues, and I believed her. We were also very poor and couldn't afford doctors and specialists to help her. Side note to this story, I have always taken an interest in witchcraft and have had many paranormal experiences in life, along with a lot of other paranormal things tied to my bloodlines. I still practice to this day in the gray areas, but would never do something as stupid as I did for this story to happen. Back to the original story. Because some of the more upsetting things that happened in my life, I didn't really believe in any lighter force in the world, so I practiced the dark. I would read Aleister Crowley's books and was involved in some demonology groups, and I had found a particular demon that in his description seemed to be able to help my mother with the healing I thought she needed. So my dumb 16-year-old brain thought it was a smart idea to summon him. I have a pretty thick skin, so I wasn't afraid. I did the ritual. Nothing happened. Or so I thought. I started having nightmares, the same one every night for around two weeks. I would be in a dark, desolate, cold room of stone. In this room were multiple entities. Some were human-like, others were not. I would be tortured, beaten, and killed by these beings, and at the end of the dream, one of them would break my neck, and I would be croaking out the name of the demon I summoned. Oh my god. Sounding similar to the woman from the Grudge movies. Oh gosh, what a horrible visual. Yeah, and to have this dream, or nightmare, sorry, every single night. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, things started happening around my mom's house. My boyfriend, now husband, heard his name being called with no one around. Shadow beings started appearing over and over. People I had a particular hatred for started seeing these beings in their home. One of them even got pushed out of his second story window and broke his back after one of these beings was charging towards him. Holy crap. One second. Trust your pets. Leia's saying that's enough. She's also like, you were gone for four days, so I'm going to be very loud. (laughs) I, at this point, still did not realize it was connected to what I did till I was supposed to go on a date with my now husband. I took a picture for him to see my outfit, and in the photo behind me, 
you can see a six or seven foot tall black humanoid shadow behind me with glowing white eyes. Oh, God. Would you like to see the photo? Where's that picture? Do you want to see it? Oh, we have it. Yes. This is everybody's morning who's watching on YouTube. It's about to be shown. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm zooming in. Oh, God. It was so creepy. Yeah. Okay. Great. (laughs) Yep. Okay. This entity started showing up more over the course of four years and even after I had left my mother's house. I had come to see him as my friend, someone to protect me from all I had been through. This was until he started showing himself more to my husband and becoming possessive over me. I had gained an unhealthy attachment to him to the point where he was causing issues in my marriage. I felt if I let him go, I would lose part of myself. Eventually, I gained the strength and resentment towards him enough that I knew it was time to get rid of him. I didn't know where to go and have learned enough about the dark to know that casting it out in the name of Christ does not always work, but I needed him gone. So I decided to fight the dark with more dark. I contacted a satanic priest who was extremely kind and told me that what I did when I was a child opened a gate to the darkness, and let myself become an attachment. I did as he instructed and cast out the being from my home and myself. Though I felt relieved he was gone, I fell into a depression and had to do major cleansing of myself and healing of my shadow self. I haven't seen him or felt him since, and sometimes I do worry when I do eventually pass away that I will end up finding him again. I love this podcast and all your stories. That makes me sad. Please keep them going. Sugalite. Okay. All right. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Okay. Well, here's the silver lining is it sounds like even if you make this mistake, even if like 30 years passes, you still have a chance. Like there's always the opportunity to correct the wrong, which is a good thing. Like if you accidentally become an attachment, if you accidentally like sell your soul, perhaps there are things you can do to recant and to roll that back and to not be attached and to gain your power back, which yeah. I'm glad to hear that there was someone who was familiar with those practices helping yes. and stepping in. And we've talked about this but before. But I really feel for them in their- f- That satanic worshipers and churches aren't all bad. Like I think there's a negative connotation towards them, but like clearly this is a very helpful experience, you know? It helped combat this darkness and get rid of it from Sukulite's life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot from the satanic panic too that's yeah. like, you know, bled into modern day still. Yeah. And stereotypes. I think that, like anything, there's a lot of like case by case basis yes. too with what people experience and how they perceive things. Yes. But this, I mean, without a doubt, sounds horrifying. The imagery, just experiencing it throughout their life. Is, yeah. Well, and I'm just upset by the by the thought that when they do inevitably pass, as we as we all do, because we haven't figured out how to live forever and be immortal. <laughs> Probably for the best. No one has told us if we have. Yeah. It makes me sad to think that there's still that fear and that opportunity that perhaps that entity is lurking close. Yeah. Like it's no longer attached, but maybe it's waiting in the shadows for its opportunity again. Yeah. I do hope though that like, you know, I, I do believe that we all have guardians. There are people watching out for us. Although I have my Ooh. Doubts. I do believe they are there. And so I do hope that if that's the case, that there's enough light and positivity on the other side to Mm -hmm. protect her from that. I am also really curious what happened to her husband because the entity kept showing himself to him. Like that must have been so terrifying because 
the entity was protective over Sugulite, right? So like, yes, while it's scary, yeah, a protectiveness. That picture too. I know. I'm looking at it again. It's so disturbing. It really is. Like what it it's glowing. What else makes that? Uh the screenshot they sent us has six comments and so I'm dying. I'm dying to see what what those comments say. What other people said. <laughs> Just let's do some like Facebook stalking after this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <sighs> okay. This also reminded me there is a sound that's going viral on TikTok right now, which is disturbing me a bit because it's it's a song and it it's actually kind of catchy, but it's it's kind of like a almost like Gregorian chant-esque calling of demons' names. Like it says it in a row. It's like and it's like saying everybody's names, but it and people are are putting it to like silly photos of their dogs, like showing their dogs' oh. personalities as all of these demons but i'm like the fact that we're all just listening to this audio on repeat calling out these demons names like now every time i listen to it like maybe three times trying Feels to figure like out what was going on and then every us. time it comes up i'm I, yeah i'm scrolling scrolling through i'm like maybe we shouldn't do that yeah i don't like that this is why i'm taking a social media cleanse for a couple weeks i don't need no Great. demons in my life just the ones we talk about apparently i don't need no demons <laughs> right yeah Okay, well, I have an email called The Face of the Witch. Howdy, howdy, gals. My name is Rose, and I've been listening for a long time. I think I've been listening since 2018, and surprise, surprise, I finally decided to send in one of my stories. Mind you, this is just one of many, but the reason that I decided to send this one was because of the campfire stories. Yay. I believe it was episode 23 of Campfire Stories. It was when Jasmine was telling the story of her boyfriend's encounter with a witch. She explains how this woman, a witch, tried to convince her boyfriend and his friend to let her into their yard and them being the smartest humans and not letting her in, as you should never do that. But my dad actually has told me this exact story. So when I heard it live, I was absolutely losing my shit in the comments. Anyway, the story my dad tells me is one day he and his dad, my grandfather, were out driving through the dry woods and through a small desert. They live in northern New Mexico. And they were out getting wood for fences. They've taken this drive many, many times, and they see the same dirt roads, same animals, same hills, and same people. Small towns, that's how they are. Never changing, and you see the same things. Especially with such a small population, not much goes on. Anywho, he says that as they drove out of the forest through this span of desert, before reaching town, they spotted a woman walking alongside the road. Oh, no. This was something my grandfather pointed out as weird, seeing as the roads were almost never busy, and it's pretty far out of the majority of the population. So it was odd seeing someone walking way out in the middle of basically nowhere. Yep. But my dad asks my grandfather to pull over and offer this woman a ride, which he does hesitantly. You never know, especially out in the desert. Hearing about tales of flush pedestrians and shapeshifters and La Llorona, everyone knows it's something you probably shouldn't do. Yep. So they do pull over, and as they slowly come up to this woman, they see she's dressed fairly warm with a thick shawl and a scarf over her head. Mind you, this is New Mexico, which is hot in the summer, Mm -hmm. so it was very weird to see her so bundled up. But hey. Helping abuelas is what you do, right? (laughs) Right. Wrong. Dead freaking wrong. As they pull up to her, they notice that she's hunched over and her face looks a bit odd. 
That's because as she turns towards them, jutting out from under the scarf wrapped around her face was the face of a mule. My dad says she starts running and yelling at them, lunging towards the truck. And my dad says my grandfather floors it, burning rubber and yelling at my dad to not look back. Don't look back. It's a witch. It's in her eyes. And they start praying immediately. Oh. He says that they heard of witches in the desert, but to see one face to face, that was the most terrifying thing in the world. The worst part was they were staying in a cabin out of the woods, not too far from where they saw this woman, the witch. Oh, my back is so cold. <laughs> I hate this. I always feel like someone's like touching, touching you. my back, like a hand on my back when we tell. Do you not have really like a back to your stories. chair either so you're just exposed? No, I'm like bare, barebacked. I'm barebacked, baby. Ooh. Hopefully it's a, it's a guardian just yeah. rubbing my back. I've got you. Okay. Hopefully. Don't tell me if you see anything. Going okay, on. well, I'll scream. I'll just freak out. Okay. <laughs> I'll just, but then I'll know. I'll just, okay. Internally, I'll just freak out and not, my eyes will go. <laughs> so long as I don't notice it. Okay. The worst part was that they were staying in a cabin in the woods not too far from where they saw this woman, the witch, and they did not want to camp knowing that she was out there. As they arrived to the cabin, my Tio and two of his friends were already set up inside, ready to get work on fixing up those fences around the property. They had acres of land, meadows where our livestock graze. Immediately, my dad and my grandfather start frantically talking about this mule-faced woman that they saw walking around, and they didn't want to stay out too long working on the fences, afraid that she might find them again. My Tio and his friends laugh it off, assuming my dad and my grandfather are trying to scare them. But the day goes on. They spend hours working on the fences, making sure the cows and horses can't break out. And my dad says he keeps seeing someone or something walking along the tree No, line. I hate He keeps an this. eye out, always looking out, hoping maybe it's just hikers or the other neighbors walking along the land. But soon enough, it's time for dinner. The sun is going down and all the guys are going to meet up at the cabin. My Tio's friend, let's call him Carlos, says that he felt uneasy the whole time he was working outside after hearing about the mule woman. He knows that there are witches in New Mexico and talking about them can lure them to you, (gasps) which, of course, had him on it. Well, that's not good for us either right now. (laughs) Well, thank God I'm in Boston. (laughs) You're a bit closer in LA. It's a far, far walk. So they all head inside. My Tia was the last one in the cabin, and he said he stepped inside and closed the door when they all heard a woman cry out, Help! Let me in! Carlos immediately says, Oh, hell no! (laughs) And tells everyone to run to each of the windows and close the curtains because he said that he had this gut feeling that this woman is not Trust your gut. As they run to each window, trust your gut. As they run to each window, the second friend and my dad are both running towards the door to lock it when this woman lets out a deep growl and says, let me in. My dad said that the second he touched the door handle to lock it, it felt hot. And he caught a glimpse of this woman through the door window. And it was, in fact, the woman that he saw walking on the road. She starts banging on the door, screaming, let me in, let me in, let me in. And these five grown-ass men all huddle in the middle of the two-room cabin praying and yelling for God to save them. The woman was banging on the windows and walls outside of the cabin, screaming and crying that someone was trying to get her. But they were, in fact, not convinced to let her in. They didn't know what to do other than to pray when all of a sudden, outside, it got really quiet. The banging had stopped. The woman stopped yelling and shrieking, only to start groaning and growling this low growl. My dad was so terrified, he said one thing that he thought to do was to light a fire in the chimney and burn some palo santo and sage that they had in the cabin. 
as all Spanish families have them just lying around. (laughs) My grandfather said that he used a lighter that his dad gave him, and as they lit this fire, he prayed for his father's protection, and the second it caught fire, the woman was silent. No more sound was heard from outside. No wind, no birds, no footsteps. Nothing. They waited out the night, and the next morning, there was no sign of anyone being outside anymore. The woman had seemed to vanish, and the one thing they found outside the cabin, oddly enough, were hoof prints in the dirt. Yep. Great. A curandera, a Spanish healer, was brought to the cabin to protect and bless it and the land. They all say that the worst part is that sometimes they'll all see the same shawl and scarf around the woman in town that no one has ever seen before. She is said to live in the woods near the small town and is occasionally seen walking through fields and along small back roads and vanishes before anyone can call out to her. Well, I'll let you sit with that for a little bit. Thanks. I love the podcast and can't wait to tell you ladies more stories from my spooky little hometown. There are plenty of paranormal things that I've experienced and I'll send some more stories from my dad too. He's a former paranormal investigator and has had so many experiences while investigating that I'm dying to tell you gals. But with that, enjoy the living, steer clear of the dead and the witches, and I will see you on the other side. Wow. Uh, and then they wrote, P.S., if you want to watch some of my dad's investigations, yes. you can check out NMRIP on YouTube. He investigates the Pueblo in my hometown as well as a few other places. There's plenty of orbs, EVPs, and spooks in there too. Enjoy. And that's from Rose. Wow. Okay. Well, Rose, um, can we interview your dad, please? Because right? it sounds like he has a crazy amount of – a wild amount of encounters. I'm – yeah. So unsettled by this. And I, I now I understand what your like preemptive warning before we you read your stories was because it's like it makes me mad that this falls in the same category of witch as like other witches. Like because there are such we know we have a coven of witches who listen to our podcast who are just beautiful practitioners of like witchcraft and it's such a it it's a very yeah, positive and, and light experience and practice. Whereas this is like totally evil and almost feels more on the like the cryptid side of things. Right. Right. There's nothing like medicinal or spiritual or healing about this. It's violent. It's entirely evil. Malicious. Violent is a great word for yeah. it. Yeah. I mean the hoof prints, like uh, I think we accidentally just did another episode on demons. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's essentially what this is. Demons cloaked because, in witches' clothes. Yeah, it's not human. Yeah. That's for sure. Ugh. Just imagine going into town too and then seeing that shawl and then the woman like disappears around the corner and you're but like, this oh, is, okay. oh my gosh, she's near. This she's is what close. terrifies me is as you're reading the part where she's like, please let me in, please let me in. Like someone's coming after me and trying to get me. It's, and they were like, they were not convinced in my mind. I'm like, yeah, good. They weren't convinced. But then I'm also like in my head as a woman who's terrified of being attacked, I I, I, it's scary to think that like if I were in danger and being chased, like there is that fear of if you go to a house and they don't let you in because they're scared by you. They don't trust yeah. you. And obviously this is a different situation. Right. Like this is, this was evil, but like I understand also if it was someone who wanted help, like that is scary. I watched an episode of I survived and this woman was like, I don't want to get too into it. Trigger warning, but like attacked and like left for dead and stumbled naked, covered in blood to a house. And like, luckily someone opened the door. But if you saw that, like that is really startling and scary. Scared shitless. I mean, uh, what's her name? Mary. I'm forgetting her name. The woman who had both of her arms. Oh yeah. I think about that too. When she was left on the side of the road. Axe. Yeah. 
off. Yeah. And and was, has an amazing survivor story and like went to all of the hearings where her attacker was potentially going to be given a lesser sentence yeah. and like argued against it and has kept him in jail. Uh, but she too, you know, was like stumbling down the highway yeah. and so many cars passed yeah. her before anyone helped her. And she was like on the brink of it. Oh, gosh. So it is really scary because we see things and we're terrified by them. It's, it's of course, like the example where people say, you know, if you hear a baby crying, like don't go towards it. But it's like, what if that actually is a child that's in distress and you're completely ignoring a child that needs help? Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, you got to trust your gut, but you also need to call the authorities because what if you're wrong? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Calling the authorities is always a good bet because then you're not opening your door necessarily, but you're possibly saving Help a life. On the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. This this one is a little different because it's, they basically it's a witch. Yeah. Was. Okay. Not like, a witch. Something Yeah. They evil. saw this mule. It's something that they are labeling as a witch because they don't know yeah. what the hell this creature is. Sure. But yeah, it's a mule-faced person that they saw and then they recognized again later when it, that thing was trying to get in. And then they occasionally people still see around the area. So there's something. This this feels like the the witch that lives, like the classic like Hansel Gretel, yeah. like the witch that lives in the middle of the, the woods. woods or whatever. And we call them witches, but there's something else. They are there's something, something else. demonic. They're, and they're almost like cannibalistic. They're they're not. They want human yeah. blood and pain and flesh and yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it is very shapeshifter-esque yeah. too. And the fact that like talking about it makes it come to you or like like they pulled over on the side mm-hmm. of the road, which is a helpful thing. And then it charged at their car and then knew where they were to then attack them or try to attack them in a cabin. Right. One well, is interesting too, because like they they might not have experienced any of that had they not slowed down to make sure what appeared to them as a little old lady needed help. Like if they just cruised past, they might have been entirely fine. Ugh. It wasn't like this thing was flagging them down. It was just walking. And then I guess, yeah, maybe maybe the recognition. But then also like, like if you drove past and didn't stop, would that want make this entity want to attack you even more too? You know, it's just I right. Was it was it highway? Was it one of the haunted high like highway six? six or whatever that you would cover there was one story where it was like if you stop for is it pele there was no right answer it was like you you either was it It might be pele oh it might have been pele yeah where like if you stop for pele something horrible is going to happen but if you don't stop for pele something horrible is going to happen (laughs) it's like well what are we supposed to do yeah you hope just close your eyes i guess i don't know hope for the best yeah brace brace yourself buckle up all right praise yourself (laughs) So if there's ever a spirit guide here, please help me. Please. Okay. Okay. What's the last encounter? This is from our listener, Alex, and it's called A Ghost Girl, A Demon, and a Witch. Hey, Sabrina, Corinne, and Leah. I found your podcast a few weeks ago uh, and have been binge listening since then. First, sorry for any spelling mistakes. I am from Sweden. Secondly, this will be a long one. We don't care. We like like long. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything and anything. We read them all. Alex says, I have always been drawn to the occult, ghost, and witchy stuff, and have always been open to the other side, but didn't understand that when I was a child. I have always had dreams that come true days or weeks later, but I wanted to start with these two stories that will be connected in the end. My first story is something my mom told me when I was seven or eight, and it happened when I was five. One night, my mom woke up at 2 a.m. to me giggling and talking to someone. She walked into my room and saw me playing with someone in my bed, someone she couldn't see, but that I could. And I remember the girl I was playing with. 
For me, she was real. I described her to my mom and my mom rightfully got scared. The girl that I saw was about nine or 10, had a white dress like 1890s styles, style with red dots, dark brown long hair and blue eyes. She always visited me when I had it tough and when my mother was in the hospital, which was often when I was a kid because of MS. So keep this girl in your mind. The second story happened when I was 10. Me and three of my friends got the brilliant idea to play the spirit in the glass, which is a Swedish style of a Ouija board. The spirit in the glass. Interesting. So you must just make your own makeshift board and put like a A glass glass over. Yeah. Planchette. We'll have to look it up. Charlie, Charlie. We lit some candles and started the ritual to open the door to the spirit world. Bad idea. I know. And it only took seconds until suddenly I felt a really, really dark spirit behind me. And I told my friends that we had to say goodbye right then and there, but we didn't, not fast enough. For eight years, this dark spirit followed me, made me have nightmares, followed me outside when I walked home when it was dark. My guardian angels have protected me very well from the spirit. My guardian angels are my grandparents on my father's side. Okay, the third story. When I was 25, my father's new girlfriend introduced me to a medium and a healer. My mom had died in 2009 when I was 20 years old which I felt in my soul and I always feel her presence. That's a whole other story though. I was skeptical when I first met this medium and healer because even if I believe in mediums and healers, I also know that there are some fakes out there, but she wasn't. This woman told me things no one but me and my father should know. But now to point to the point that connects this story to the other two. She told me she saw a girl with a white dress with red dots, long brown hair and blue eyes standing beside me. My jaw dropped because only my mom and I knew about this girl. The medium told me she was one of my guardian angels and spirit guide. The girl was a relative of my grandma on my mother's side that had died in 1890 to a disease that I don't know the English name. She also said that I should be more careful when contacting the spirit world because, you know, in your heart, the dark spirit you contacted last time when you were young was a demon. My jaw dropped, but she was not done yet. The last thing she said to me was, You are a witch and you have been a witch in three past lives, which I would pay someone to tell me that (laughs) I want to be one. I think you are, Corinne. I do think you're a witch. I think you're a starseed. I would love to be. I just want them to come back. Okay. Okay. (laughs) No, you're here with us this lifetime. So, okay. You are a witch and you have been in the last three past lives, which you already know. Your life path is that one day when you are ready, you will be like me, helping others with contacting the other side, predicting the future, using tarot cards and healing people and restoring their energy. She said that I had always been open to the other side my whole life, but that I had closed a bit of it, but will open up again when I am ready. She said that my spirit guide will be my mother and you will see her again. I am now a Wiccan and trying to open up to the other side. Even if I'm closed off, I still can feel the energy around me and I can know when a ghost is visiting or if a house or place is haunted. This is just some of the paranormal things that have happened to me. I also knew that my father's brother would die a week before it happened, but I've never been afraid except for when a demon was following me for years. I might share some more stories if you want to hear and remember when talking about or if you feel a dark presence, imagine you wrapped in a white light and ask the white light for protection. Stay spooky. See you on the mm-hmm. other side. Bless be from me, Alex, and my black 14-year-old cat, Smokey, or Sodas in <laughs> Swedish. Okay. Well, 
How amazing. Despite some of the the freaky things and the recognition that there was a demonic yeah, entity for eight years. in their life. Very, very cool to go to someone and have them basically confirm everything you've experienced with such detail. Yes. The, the Describing the little girl and her dress, it's like very clearly that girl is with Alex. Mm-hmm. And even when she was five and playing with her in bed, sure, it must have been terrifying for her mom to see. But like it was playing and giggling and a very pleasant experience. You know, there was no negative vibes mm-hmm. to it. Right. It makes me wonder because this this little girl is a relative mm-hmm. that had passed. Mm-hmm. On the grandmother's side? Centuries. Yeah. Decades. I don't know. However many generations ago. It makes me wonder, is this the first time that this person, this like little spirit relative is making themselves known to a relative of today? or? Did did her mom experience this and then just grow out of it and have no memory of her, what she thought was an imaginary friend, which was actually just like this one relative, this little girl who just for generations continues to be everybody's – maybe that's her purpose. She's everybody's oh. imaginary friend to help everyone when they're young until they get into their – tap into their witchy side and can protect themselves a bit more. Yeah, I don't know. I'm also so curious. The medium and healer told Alex that she was a witch for in her past three lives. Mm-hmm. So let's learn more about Alex's past lives because I want to know. It's so fascinating it how things carry too. on. You could – right. Like, could part of your soul splinter off and be a ghost somewhere oh. else and still communicate with you? Like, could the little girl also be her? Alex from a past life? Another witchy piece? I don't know. We'll have to ask. That's a good question to ask someone who does like past life readings mm-hmm. or psychics and mediums. Maybe they know. Because it all goes back to like, are we just haunting ourselves? Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, in the this realm, I think we do haunt ourselves just with our thoughts. But then in the spiritual realm, I don't know the answer to that. It's possible. It's very haunting of Hill House. It's a thinker. And if you think about it. Everyone let us know. What do you think? It's a thinker. <laughs> it's also just the idea of thinker. time again. Like if it's if we believe it's not linear and everything's kind of happening at once, then like there is a very real possibility that you are dead, right? And your spirit <laughs> Not at this current moment, but like it kind of in. Oh my God. I was like, oh, here comes the existential crisis. <laughs> what is my reality? I'm losing sense what of everything. What is real? But then that means that your yeah. spirit Whoa. does exist at this current juncture in time. And if there is an ability for spirits to like cross through the thresholds of time and be able to communicate with you, then what? why not? What if there are no such things as spirits? And we're all just, like you said, just alternate timelines, just rippled all together. And when we dream, that's when we enter into Uh. this ripple. And so we're haunting an infinite number of other people's realities. But we can't quite remember it all because the realm we enter into and the space we enter when we're like haunting slash dreaming, is just so sticky and muddy that it's all kind of a blur. And that's also why sometimes our dreams, when we do remember them, feel so mundane and so specific. Yeah. And we're like, I thought I already had that conversation with that person. That already happened. And it feels like minute by minute, it's like a normal day. And then you wake up and you're like, that was weird. I just lived a whole 12 hours somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. I really do believe that some connection to that. I just started watching The Sandman, which is, I think it's Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman, the graphic novels. I don't know. I have it on my Kindle. Let me look. Um, but uh, Sandman. Yeah, Neil. Neil Gaiman. Gaiman? I don't – how do I say it? Anyway, it is all about – Say it both ways. One will be right. (laughs) 
it's all about the dream world and the waking world. And it's so fascinating. And there's a Netflix show based on the graphic novels. And it's, it's really fascinating. It's kind of this conversation, but then it's like about in our waking world, there's this guy who like wants to capture a demon to bring back his son who died, but then it disrupts the sleep cycle because this guy has power over dream. And so people like don't wake up from their sleeps because he's trapped. It's super. Oh my God. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. that scares me. I just started I feel like I'm it. suffocating all of a sudden. I just started it, so I don't know where it goes, but it's super fascinating. Okay. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I want to read it too. Yeah. Slash watch. Slash whatever comes first. Yeah, I've never I've never been a big graphic novel That's person, creepy. but it is here. Like, look how cool it is. Um like I just think it's so visually fun to look at. Yeah, that's stunning. That's so cool. I thought it was a book and then I opened it. I was like, whoa, this is this is different than a book. This this is different. <laughs> one brain cell (laughs) yeah anyway um that was a good one to end us with though it's not as scary yeah yeah i liked that you're a witch harry or wizard Uh, you're a wizard harry (laughs) but we want to be witches yeah and maybe we'll i already feel like we're a little bit like baby witches where we do certain things but we're not like fully into yeah honing our craft and like learning what everything means but i think you and i both have a lot of things that we do and things that we have around our house that fall under that umbrella and we have abilities that i think we have been in the process of this podcast or our life or whatever it may be we have kind of slowly closed ourselves off from them but if we wanted to i'm sure we could Mm -hmm. harness the power people again we see dead we do see dead people i visit them in my sleep I do wonder when it comes time, Sabrina, for you and I to enter the the world of having children, if we'll be like so many of our listeners who've been like, hey, pregnancy has opened me up to so many crazy things. I'm curious. Is that when we fully unlock our witchiness? Tune in Release in 10 years to find out. The witchiness. The Kraken. Ah! We have the alien baby coming out. What if I have an alien baby? You probably will because you're a starseed and so you're going to have a half alien, half human baby. Okay. I don't know if that's actually how starseeds work. No, but. but maybe my baby will be a starseed as well. Oh, yeah. Maybe it'll be like, mom, last last time I lived on Jupiter. I lived in a different galaxy. Let me tell you about my – it's like that child that came on and yes. told the most amazing story on Campfire Stories. He lived in space. About their life on a different planet. And there was no bacon yes. in space. There was no bacon. Sad. Mm. But there's bacon here. <laughs> And there are witches here. Which you don't also sad. And there are demons here. <laughs> and there there's Leia here. That's what I'm holding on to. And, uh, and um, there's all of you guys because this is a amazing spooky community and we're so grateful to have you. And thank you for I think giving us all positive energy and helping protect us as well yes. week to week as we share these ghost stories and paranormal encounters. I feel better today than I Thanks. did last time we recorded. So. Me too. I agree. Um, yes. Thank you all for joining us. Mm-hmm. If you have a haunting tale, email us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Join the triangle, please. Um, there are stickers mm-hmm. on our website that you can share everywhere all over the world, stick them on places. It has our QR code and it says, get lost in the triangle, join the pyramid scheme. I forget. It has a lot of fun things on it. And I think it's both. Yeah. So stick them on places and send us pictures of where you stick them and then follow us on social media, join us on Patreon, tell all your friends about the podcast and yeah, you're the best. If you're watching on YouTube. Hi. Hello and thank Hello. you. And thank you to our editors at Upfire Digital, Eric Foster, Aiden Manning, Max Lodian. We're very grateful for all of your help. 
So thank you. And sorry, you have to listen to all of this too, because um hope you don't get haunted. <laughs> hope not. <laughs> but if you do, we're here for you. Uh, and we will also <laughs> see, see you on the other, other side. Very spooky.